How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Leadership Jam Session. Today's episode is part two of our tribute to 9-11. And with me today, I have two of the firefighters that were with me on 9-11. Bobby Walk is the retired deputy chief, and you were deputy chief at the time on 9-11, who was with us, yes. And Joe Padula, who is also a captain, uh, who's still active with the department as well. Welcome to the jam session. Thank you. Thank you. So when we got the word that we were going, we, we got the crew together, and the first staging area was on the Gothels Bridge. And as I shared in the previous episode, that the Gothels Bridge connects New Jersey to Staten Island. And here we are, you know, as part of a task force, waiting for the rest of the task force to arrive. So just curious, because from there we went into the next staging area on Staten Island, but did anything stood out to you, just even being on that bridge? Yeah, going over that bridge for the past 40 years was a very different sight with no traffic. Um, and being, we were, I think we were about number six in line. Of the convoy? Yeah. Right. And then as we were waiting, you just looked over your left shoulder and looking into the city and seeing nothing but that cloud. Uh-huh. So between the bridge being desolate and the cloud, it was, a, it was I don't know, eerie. Yeah. Eerie. The, uh, what impressed me was the, the number of engines and trucks and the squads that we took over there. Yeah. When uh, we were up on a bridge just waiting for everybody to, to muster together. And then we just all took off in uh, one big line. And, and yeah, once once it started rolling, it went it went over the bridge. Once we hit Staten Island, you looked behind us, and it just kept going. Yeah, all you saw was just yeah. lights just a, and engines and ambulances. It was crazy. Yeah, and then we got to the next staging area, which was um, which was in Staten Island. That was the next staging, and yeah. it was, uh, I believe, the dispatch center for New York City. Yes, which, Staten Island. Yeah, which which was kind of like a bunker. Yep. Is that right, Chief? Yep, as I remember it correctly. Uh, it's not marked or anything for uh, purposes, so uh, they're not attacked or anything like that. I remember we got there. I think, like, the... It, was the National Guard already there? Like, I thought for some reason... I remember, like, the military being there. Like, we were walking in... And, there and, was like, military presence. I don't know who they were, but... Oh, yeah. I don't know. I was looking for gasoline. He was looking for gas. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the first challenge we, we hit with where, right? Because, Chief, you came with your own car. You followed us. Yes. But but didn't have enough gas. Fuel. Yeah. For the uh, duration. Did you, so wait a minute. Did you stay with us at the dispatch center, at, at the staging area? Or did, because when we got our assignment, I remember uh, the Chief call me on the radio and, and I had to go up to the command post and that's where we got our assignment. Um, were you with us at, at that no, point? No, I, you... I, I had the, the chief's car, right. deputy chief's car. 
and I was looking for a gas station. Ah, all right. So, right. So you were out trying to, you, we were going to meet up with you. I think we met up at the firehouse, didn't we? No, no. I, I, I went and got gas. On my way back, there was two New York firemen sitting on the front porch of their house with their gear in their hand, ready to go. And they said, they stopped me and they came out and they waved, their, waved me down. And they said, uh, listen, can you get us to the dispatcher? That's where, where we want to go. So I said, yeah. So they threw their uh, bunker gear in a, in a car. I picked the two of them up and we, we went to uh, back to dispatch. I remember they gave us the assignment and, and you know, thank God that they at least assigned us an area that was very suitable to our environment. Right? I mean, so, because here we are going over into, into New York, not knowing where we're going to go. But fortunately, being assigned to cover calls in Staten Island basically resembled our own kind of backyard. And hopefully right. I didn't offend anybody in Staten Island. I'm not saying that Staten Island is like New Jersey. But <laughs> it, in terms of what we're used to responding to, right, right, right. it was very similar yeah. the area. Is that fair? Yeah. 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 One-story houses, two-story, two, two and a half, two-story right. buildings. Uh, no high rises as far as I know. Not like New York City. No, not, not, not like yeah. the city, no. Right. So fortunately, they put us at least in an area that we felt somewhat comfortable but true so we they gave us the assignment and we rode out of what was the so the firehouse that we rode out of was 164 engine 164 engine 164 that's where we were stationed drum Gouley avenue what's that drum Gouley avenue yeah yep. and so we arrived there and the firehouse was empty there was no rigs nope. no ladder company and no no people right we got there and there was like only a i think like two people there they that that was it and then you know we asked you know where you know is there any liaison here any escorts and they were looking around saying not yet I said okay not knowing when we were going to get anyone yeah yeah and then guys started rolling in off-duty guys who were yes. coming in who were stationed at that were signed at that firehouse coming right. in off-duty right and Little by little, more guys started showing up, but we were it for a while. Yes. Yeah. If I remember correctly, that was a, they were doing a shift change at that time. They were. And uh, so a lot of those guys, both shifts went over to uh, the towers. Yeah. So there was a really a lot of guys from one company that were gone over there. Yeah, that's the reason why so many more perished was because right. of that shift change yep. yep both both shifts went in yep. many of those firehouses yeah i do remember one of the things that i remember the most and i remember sitting on the goffles bridge that was one moment looking at, a, at the city that i couldn't see hmm. the second thing i remember was as we were in that firehouse right waiting for more more people to show up just more more people to give us direction on, on <laughs> where we were going I do remember standing there and two older guys came running in and, and one of them, they started grabbing gear, you know, F, you know, part of part, FDNY had all the gear on the wall, right. started grabbing gear. And, and one of them looked at me and, and again, our gear was basically the exact same gear as New York city. So if you didn't recognize the lettering, you would think we were New York city farm. Right. One of them looked at me and said, sorry, cap, but we're grabbing this gear. We're retired. We're retired FDNY guys. I remember that. You remember that? Yes, yes. 
yes. they said both of our boys were working today. I and, do remember that. And they're down there. They went in the first wave, and we're going to go down and look for them. I do remember that. Yeah. That's right. I think you were standing. We were standing together. Yeah, we were trying to figure things out. Right. <laughs> and that was like the, the one moment there. I mean, uh, you know, it was it was heart-wrenching just, just hearing them say that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of like the first thing that, you know, I realized the gravity of the situation as well. Yeah, that's that's true. Yep. Like I say, once they left, uh, I think we got one of our escorts came. And then the first thing we started talking about was how do we hook up, hook up to the hydrants? <laughs> how do we get water if needed? And boy, you want to talk about <laughs> mismatched. Because right. we didn't have the same equipment. Uh, uh, hose threads. threads. Right. Yep. Right. But if, do you remember using a spring loaded? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was. Well, just I, on I a know. two and a half, but otherwise. No, on a hydrant. The, the big one for the hydrant. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't know, Bob. I walked out at one point and. And Joe had like just adapters all over the street, I like know. trying to figure yeah. out how to how are we going to hook up, hook to up a hydrant? Because <laughs> the thread wasn't the same. That that's what he did. He he brought out this. I don't know. It was a, it Everything was a, we had. It was a box. Said, "All right, let's see what yeah fits what couples." It was you and the drive. So the escort that finally showed up was another ladder company from New York. Right. And I think they were from a different part of Staten Island. I'm not. It wasn't Ladder 84, was it? No, that's the house. Right. It, but no, it wasn't. It was a different ladder company that came, I, I think, from Staten Island. And they were our escort. They were with us the entire time, right. the next uh, day. Right. And the, I think the driver of, of the ladder truck from New York City was working with you guys were trying to figure out how to hook up. Right. Right. Because we, we would have wound up had to pump into him. Yeah. Right in the event that, uh, and again, these are like the little things that a lot of people don't realize that went, went on behind the scenes, just trying to figure, just trying to figure it out as we go along. We knew, well, we, yeah, we did know that we didn't have the same, you know, threads, threads and whatnot. Right. So we knew that going in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so just to give for those of you out there that that may not understand, if we since we went over in a in the fire engine. We're the ones that would hook up to the hydrants and start stretching hose, or we would also hook up to the ladder truck if we needed to get them water. And so we had to figure out how to hook up to the hydrant right. and how to hook up to their ladder truck because it was all different fittings. Meaning, you know, like they... Well, the main thing was the hydrant because if we couldn't get water out of the hydrant, <laughs> we couldn't feed the ladder truck. Right. Or fight any fire. Or fight fire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. But we did figure it out. We did. Yeah, we did. We did. It took a little while, but uh, we got everything together. And then a call came in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's the next step. The refrigerator fire? I Was don't... that the first one we went on? I think so. It might have. Because, yeah, so the, I think the first call that came over. Yes. Was a report the, of a fire. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was a refrigerator. And we had a hop on. Yeah, we hopped on, and we. I remember. So we're on our way. We're following the ladder company from New York. Yeah, trying to follow. <laughs> Joe's like blowing through red lights. I'm yelling. I'm like, Joe, 
you're going to kill us. He's like, I'm trying to keep up with them. I can't even keep up with them. No less the red lights trying to make the turns. Remember, I had to back up a couple times that one turn. I would have took out three cars. I had to. And then they're they're four blocks down the road. They're narrow streets over there in Staten Island. People are flying. Yeah. And they were gone. They were gone. That was amazing. Yeah. And I remember the, the either it was a battalion chief come up to me and he said, you stick with me. You're my, my right hand. Okay. He says, you can talk to your guys because our frequencies on the radio were different. So he said, you stick with me. You talk to your guys. If I need something, I'm going to tell you. You tell your guys and back and forth. And that's the way we worked it. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, because the communications was a big problem. Right. Everything was different. Yeah. Yep. There's no same frequencies, no less. They didn't want anybody on the air with what, you know, obviously. I do remember we pulled up to that scene and we get out of the rig and uh, uh, all of a sudden people just started coming out of their houses and taking pictures and because right. they're like, who are these guys? <laughs> you know, because clearly we weren't New York City no, and right. here we are. They were, here comes the fire department and they, they had one New York truck and then they saw this other thing. They say, so, who are you guys? Kenilworth, New Jersey. Where you guys lost? <laughs> well, I remember when we when we were back at the firehouse, a couple, an, an older gentleman came up to me, he's ex firefighter, New York, and and he asked me where we were from, and I said Kenilworth, New Jersey. I said we were Kenilworth Volunteer Fire Department. He says you're volunteers, and you came over here for us, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah. You know, it is interesting. We we wondered how would we be received, right? Mm. Because again, New York City, best of the best, best fire departments. Yep. No town has ever stepped foot in their firehouses, and how would be how would we be received coming here? Right. And you know, from the moment we got there, they could not have been any more gracious. Oh right. my God! I, like we were like we were part of the, their department at the time. It was as if we were part of their brotherhood. I mean, there was exactly. whatever we needed. You know, I remember I remember when we got there, right? After we realized, we went on the call, came back. We realized we were there for, we're going to be there for. We didn't have any of our shoes with us. That's right. We, yeah, we all right? wore, we, wore we, our we, boots. We put our bunker gear on. Yep. And all our shoes were back at our firehouse, back in Kenilworth. And and one of the firemen from New York City came up to us like, you guys want to take your stuff off? You're going to be here for, for a long time. And we were like, well, we don't have any shoes. And in a matter of minutes, you remember? There yeah. was a pile of shoes yep. in the apron yep. of the firehouse um, yeah. for us. It was yep. amazing. Yeah. I had my shoes. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, you had your own car. So it's a little bit of a different... Yeah. I had mine, too. You had yours, too? Yeah, because I drove. Oh, yeah. Well. I, I, threw, <laughs> I threw my stuff in the back. Yeah, well, the rest of us didn't I have know. shoes. Yeah. Uh, I do remember, though, uh, the one, I think it was the driver of that ladder company. Uh, I remember when you guys were still trying to figure out the, the hose couplings and everything, you had on a, a PBA shirt. You didn't have on a fire department shirt. You had a, a a police shirt on and I don't know if you remember this 
he came up to you because again there's always healthy rivalry between police and firemen yeah. more so in new york city yeah and he came walking up to you with a with a fire department shirt t-shirt in his hand saying i can't take it anymore and he gave me the shirt gave you the shirt he yeah. said you got to take that shirt off <laughs> yeah yes i remember that <laughs> yeah i mean that's the one thing about you know if, if for those of you out there if you don't know any firefighters have relatives of firefighters the one thing about what happens behind the scenes behind the walls of a, of a firehouse it's it's almost you have a bunch of men and women that kind of never grew up there's a lot of <laughs> joking around that goes on and, and part of it is almost you need that in order to deal with what you see yeah. on a day-to-day basis yep. and yep. there was a little bit of that that went on that day i mean it was a roller coaster of emotions throughout the oh, day and night yes you know, just uh, when we did get back from that one call and we figured out everything, uh, we did have a minute or two to sit down and sit in front of the TV, TV and right. see what's going on, along with a couple of uh, fire guy, firemen that were from the city. And, you know, our hearts were as heavy as theirs. And, uh, you know, they say, you wanted to be there, but uh, we were there in spirit, but then taking care of what uh, they couldn't at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. And I remember when we came back, right? Everybody was just kind of taking a break, taking a breath, trying to catch our breaths. I sat there with the uh, officer of the ladder company from New York City. That was our escort. He was a lieutenant. Mm-hmm. I remember this. We're sitting in the kitchen because, you know, as we're trying to figure stuff out and realized even on that call there were some challenges even with the radios he looked at me and he said listen he goes it's your call cap but if you want we can split our guys up i can put some of my guys on your rig you can put some of yours on mine right right and he says but it's your call and i sat back i was like how is it my call <laughs> like i mean we're we're here to help out i mean all right they fought, i mean it's you know it's, it's all about the rank but still like it's your city it's, it's your, your city you know but he it's your call what do you want to do and i'm not even sure if you guys were aware of that i was sitting there trying to figure this out and finally i made a decision i was like you know we're already under so much stress to then even split us up i just didn't feel comfortable with that um and i just told him you know what i don't want to split us up let's just you know and and even if i did you you could have overruled me i mean i don't but again I just didn't feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, more or less. Oh, you were right. You were right, I think. Yeah, more or less, like say with the truck company, you know, they do search and rescue and then go to the roof. You know, they know. They do. They work different than we do. Exactly. So they do it every day. Right. You know, know, more or less. We basically do the same thing, but. Right. You know, they're assigned certain things to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They have a list on on the wall. When you go in the firehouse, right. this guy does the irons, this guy does the roof, this guy does ventilations, this right. guy does search and rescue, and you'd have to break that all up somehow. You know, on top of which, the team I picked was picking guys who were our best engine, our best, our best workers for the fire engine, not the truck. Right. 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 And so that right. was also... Yeah, I didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't necessarily have some of the right guys to split up, who were our better roof guys. Right, and like I say, more or less, you know, being an engine company, you put the fire out, you know. Yeah. So we had, as you say, you picked the guys to do that. 
Yeah. I remember sitting out in front, me and Alan. He's no longer with us. Yeah. And uh, we were sitting out in front on a bench in front of the firehouse. And I was telling Rob yesterday on the phone, all of a sudden we're sitting there and this big shadow comes over the top of us. And then it whizzed right by us. And it was a fighter jet went over the top of us. And we just looked at each other and I said, holy crap, what's going on now? And then after that, two helicopters came after him. Right. And we just looked at her and it was like, you felt it, especially when the jet went over. Yeah. You could feel it in your chest. Yeah. But it was like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, I, we could see it. We could see the bottom of the thing that was that low, the plane. It came in. That was another eerie thing. Going over, and about that time, most of any aircraft was landed. Right. And you saw nothing in the sky. So if you knew, if you heard something coming, it wasn't exactly. a commercial airliner. Oh. It was military coming. Mm-hmm. That was eerie. It was. And there was so much unknown that day and so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I you know, we were constantly, like, they weren't sure. I think the plan was, from the beginning, they thought they were going to move us down to ground zero. Do you remember, like, there was a constant, like, all right, guys, Kenilworth, looks like you're heading down. And then they were like, nope, stand down. Yeah. It yeah. was, there was like three or four times in the middle of the night, two, a couple times. Not that we really slept. Yeah. But a few, there was a couple times where I remember them saying, you know what, Kenilworth, we think you guys might be heading down there. Well, you guys were downstairs, so I don't know. I was upstairs. Yeah. Were you upstairs sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> Me and Kevin. And the officers. That's right. You were upstairs. Yeah. Well, there wasn't enough room in that downstairs for all of us. So. Well, you guys, got better, you guys got better sleep than we did. Yeah. Those lights no, we just didn't. kept on going on oh, and yeah. off. On. We could hear the bells ringing. The bells were always ringing. <laughs> well, when they would... When, when the bells rang downstairs, the lights went on. Yeah. Well, it was like. That's right. That's right. You know, they right. they rang and it was like. Yeah, you're right. And there were more guys like rolling in at night. I remember there was one yeah, guy. Yeah, they were upstairs with us. Yeah, mm-hmm. guys just coming in. Because the the <laughs> the bell went off. And then and then I said to Kevin, I says, Kevin, we got to go. And the, the guy from, the, from New York says, no, that's one bell for the truck. And we were the engines. Oh, right. I remember that. Me and Kevin stayed. <laughs> but didn't we go anyway? Yes. Yes, we did. And they stayed. <laughs> yep. You totally missed the engine. No. <laughs> well, he says it's one bell for the truck. So we that's didn't think right. the engine we were, was going. That's right. We left. Yep. And I looked around. I'm like, wait a minute. We're missing somebody. Where's Kevin? <laughs> yeah. Yep. He was with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were there like almost two days. We didn't. We were there until the following night, at least thirty hours, something like that. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I remember because when we got back to the firehouse, it was almost night. It was almost like dinner time. I think the following day. I think. Yeah. And that's when we found out that our spouses and family were all at the firehouse the night before on nine eleven, trying to find out where we were because nobody knew. Hmm. Yes. Man, nobody's, nobody called anybody. Well, you, you couldn't even call. That's right. At that point. All the cell towers went out. They went out actually when we were on the Gothels Bridge. I do it because I was talking to my wife. 
and the line went dead and all the cell coverage was out and our radios weren't powerful enough to get back here. to our headquarters here in New Jersey. So right. no one knew where we were. Where we wound up. Yeah. Yeah. And our families were there that night trying to find out where we were. I knew where it was. Oh, yeah. You were sleeping in the... Uh... <laughs> in a nice, comfortable bed upstairs. Right. I wasn't comfortable. <laughs> uh, I did, you know, so just going back to how gracious they were and how well they treated us. One of, so one of the guys, the uh, firemen who rode out of that firehouse, off duty who came in, because right, New York City had a recall of all their firefighters. Right. I think that might've been the first time in history too. I, I think, I might be wrong about that, but. No, I think that. All off duty firemen had to report in. So right. these guys were, were streaming in throughout the day and night. One of the firefighters was a chef from a tavern on the green. You remember? Yep. Now, tavern on the green, I don't think is open anymore, but back in the day, it was like one of the premier restaurants in New York City. Mm, absolutely. And one of the firefighters happened to be one of the chefs. In that firehouse. In that firehouse. And they had a garden. Across the street. Across the street from the firehouse. Yep. And he cooked us the most amazing meal God. I've ever had just as a thank you for being there. That was crazy. Yeah. I, I remember the dinner and then breakfast next morning. They were like, yeah. and they always, I've always heard that firefighters eat like champs and man, they didn't disappoint. No. I remember in the morning, they did, we didn't have no milk. There was no milk in the firehouse for the coffee. So I went out. At, in my car, which had gas now, <laughs> and I roamed Staten Island looking for milk, and nobody was getting deliveries because all, everything was oh. closed down, all the bridges and everything. Nobody could get into Staten Island. Right. And I had to go to I don't know how many stores, and I was picking up those little ones like the kids yeah. um, getting school. Cartons, That's so. all they had left, and I was just buying as many as those to, <laughs> to bring back, back to the, the firehouse. Yep. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, there was nothing coming in. At well, the, at that point, there was nobody on the road. Yeah, it was empty. You know what? The next two days, everybody was told to don't move. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was a tough uh, night as more firefighters were coming in. That was the worst. It was. That was the worst for me because they were coming in, coming back from the towers, awful soot and garbage and whatever. Mm. And, and and one of the other guys says, um, how's Rescue 4? Gone. Yeah. How's Rescue 3? Gone. Yeah, they knew they at just, that point. Everything was gone. And when that guy asked, I remember looking at his face, and when and when that firefighter said gone, you could just see the emotions in his face because there's so many relatives, right? Father, sons, and siblings that work together. And, sure. and not to mention it's just a brother to begin with, but so they know everybody. Yeah. You know, and I remember him then looking at the guy saying, listen, he goes, I, I, I'm not sure, but they were definitely in the buildings and it's just chaos down there. Right. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, they did. It was hard being there, just with them seeing all the emotions. Yeah, especially when they were coming back. Yeah. Some of the guys were coming back. Yeah. And the guys that they had no equipment, they, they came back over on a ferry. Yeah. And, they, and they were walking back to the firehouse. And the guys that couldn't get over, you know, felt helpless, that they couldn't do anything. But at that point, it was really, unfortunately, nothing they could do. Yeah. That was the worst part. Mm. That night. That night was awful. When the guys came back, when they were coming back. We maintained a relationship with them with New York City even after, because we would go back a lot to help out with the funerals. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think that's the other thing that most people don't realize with the, the amount of equipment that they lost. Uh, whatever equipment they had left, they needed for the firehouses and for all the funerals that were taking place. Right. By tradition, you know, you have uh, equipment there right. as well as two ladder trucks. Right, with the ladders up in the air with the flag. With the flag. So the procession goes underneath it. And manpower. And manpower. I I made sure. I think I made about two funerals. I made a couple myself. Yeah. 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 I made uh but you know, it takes a toll on you. There's only so many you can do. Yeah. 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 Well it was it was like every uh every for weekend. A while there was every weekend. We were like going. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday, sometimes two yeah. two uh, in a day. Right morning and in the afternoon yeah that was just to make sure they got the the proper send off that they deserved right the proper recognition and the amount of firefighters that showed up i remember i mean just from all over from all over all over yes i all over the united states yep all over the world too i yep. remember yep ireland so i don't know how this happens for you know but it just Whenever we do a, you know, a funeral, you know, we're standing there all lined up, you know, a sea of firefighters, family comes in, they go into church and then everyone, you know, breaks. Mm. And for whatever reason, there's always like a bar close by. <laughs> and we were in the bar and this bar probably made more money that one day than all year. <laughs> and I'm standing next to the bar is just packed with firefighters. Next to me are firefighters from Vancouver. Canada that flew in. There were firefighters from all over the world that, that came in yeah. just to make sure yeah. all the fallen got their proper send-off. Yeah. Just because it just wasn't a New York thing. It was a worldwide thing. Yeah. It happened in New York, but it was... Yeah. It affected everybody. Hmm. That's for sure. Which, as I stated in the previous episode, setting this up that you know it's not something that i or any of us talk much about but you know the 20 year anniversary felt like it was important to share our stories even though the way we contributed in the grand scheme of things and significant to those that really pay the ultimate price but it was important enough to share our stories just to help serve as a reminder out there for us to never forget right? yep. just to never forget that's the thing what we did was minimal, but what the New York City went through was the ultimate. Yeah. And that's why we never forget. Yeah. 
Well, I want to thank you guys for sitting down. Appreciate you giving the time to share your stories with my audience. You're welcome, Rob. You're welcome. I'm glad you did this. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast. Mm -hmm.